Good morning. The Lord be with you. I'm Frances Shoesmith, Hub Leader in North East Wigan. Our reading today is from 1 Samuel chapter 24 and I'm reading from the New International Version. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told David is in the desert of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheepfolds along the way. A cave was there and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, this is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterwards, David was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went on his way. Then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul, my Lord, the king. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. He said to Saul, why do you listen when men say David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord gave you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lay my hand on my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off a corner of your robe, but did not kill you. See that there is nothing in my hand to indicate that I am guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. As the old saying goes, from evil doers come evil deeds, so my hand will not touch you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Who are you pursuing? A dead dog? A flea? May the Lord be our judge and decide between us. May he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate me by delivering me from your hand. When David finished saying this, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me about the good you did to me. The Lord gave me into your hands, but you did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you treated me today. I know that you will surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not kill off my descendants or wipe out my name from my father's family. So David gave his oath to Saul. Then Saul returned home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. Thanks be to God for his word. It's a great story, isn't it? Definitely one to capture the attention of anyone with a low enough mental age to appreciate toilet humour and I'm making no comments about who might be in that category or not. Saul gets taken short and heads into a cave and unknowingly puts himself in a position where the very person he's desperate to find and possibly do away with is further back in the cave. How easy it would have been for David to turn the tables and do away with Saul 
cue, high tension, background music. Dun, dun, dun. But Saul isn't David and David isn't Saul. So instead of a dramatic murder, what we see is a powerful example of our theme today, showing mercy to our enemies. Although even that title misrepresents David. For David, Saul is not his enemy, though he is his persecutor. Saul is his king, the tortured soul whom he was sent to provide music therapy for through playing his lyre. Saul is the battle commander who didn't know how to deal with Goliath until David stepped in with his slingshot and dealt with the problem in a most unconventional way. But although Saul may be falling apart, he is still God's anointed and the king of Israel, and David will not lay a finger on him, even though he has opportunity. And he even has a crisis of conscience after merely damaging the edge of the king's robe. David clearly demonstrates what Jesus would teach while sat on a hillside 1,000 years later, reported in Matthew 5:44, that we are to bless our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Saul, on the other hand, is doing the precise opposite. He's decided, for not very good reasons, that David is his enemy, even though he isn't, and is persecuting him. And Saul wants David dead. Saul's attitude and attempted actions are the very opposite of how David treats Saul and the opposite of Jesus's teaching. Which makes David's attitude towards Saul even more remarkable and praiseworthy. One could understand David being pretty fed up with the situation God has put him in. He didn't ask to be anointed as king by Saul when he was minding his own business looking after sheep. He didn't ask to become Saul's musician when Saul's mental ill health started to cause a rage that was going to result in someone getting hurt. He only went to the battlefront to take care parcels to his older brothers and only got involved in the Goliath problem when he saw that his God was being mocked by the Israelite insistence on trying to deal with the issue in their human strength and not in the name of Almighty God. And David only became an outlaw when Jonathan, Saul's son and David's BFF, tested Saul to find out his intentions towards David and Saul made it abundantly clear that David's life was in danger if he came back to court. How many of us would have risen above all that unwarranted persecution and done the right thing? How many of us would have had the strength of character to step back from the temptation of wreaking vengeance on the one who has so unjustifiably robbed us of our freedom and safety? I'm not sure I would have done. Not that I'm a potential killer, but the temptation to lash out, to take revenge, to get my own back for all that unwarranted persecution. Hmm, tempting. Or maybe I'm being harsh at myself. You know that last bit of the Beatitudes, the one about being blessed when others say nasty things about us because of Jesus, makes me cry every time. I don't know persecution the way the way David did, and I've never been in fear of my life. But suffering for Jesus' sake, too many times. And I so wish I didn't have to. But I also know that it's part of the life that God calls me to, and I trust him to see me right. David knew that, and even more. David knows that God's got kingly intentions for him, so what easier way to bring about God's clear plan than to kill the king there and then and quite literally 
take the crown off his head onto his own, making happen what he knows God's intentions are, but nudging them on along a little bit. But David is a man after God's own heart, and he knows that just as God has started the process of making him king in his own chosen divine way, so he will complete that process in his way and his timing. So David steps back from temptation and settles for a piece of cloth and a chance to point out to Saul how easily he could have had him. Maybe he hoped that this incident would turn Saul's wrath away from him. It does, but only temporarily. And soon after, Saul is again on the warpath and again David refuses an opportunity to kill Saul. Do read that in 1 Samuel chapter 26. We may not have enemies as such, but we may well have people who perceive us as enemies or opponents, where our good intentions are wrongly perceived and who therefore have grudges against us. We may feel we have a fairly good idea of what God's plan is for some part of our lives, and we might be tempted to nudge the plan along when we see the opportunity. The challenge for all of us is to be like David and not like Saul, to wait on God's timing, even when we see an opportunity for a shortcut, and to treat our friends and our enemies and those we just can't get along with, just as David treated Saul, as if they were God's anointed. In fact, not as if, but because, since every person we meet is a child of God, just as we are. So however we may perceive them, or they may perceive us, our call as God's chosen people is to treat them likewise, chosen by God, loved by him, and worthy of mercy and love in full measure. A prayer. Dear God, I find it hard to love my enemies. I do not want to pray for those who are cruel and unkind to me. I want to be a person after your own heart as, as David was. I want to follow you, but it feels like you are walking far ahead of me. Please come and take me by the hand. Amen. As we close, we pray together with the disciples here in Wigan, in the Diocese of Liverpool and across the, the world. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. May you have a blessed day full of mercy and love for all you meet. Amen.